She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 160, Building a Business That Fulfills You with Tanya Dalton, founder of Inkwell Press. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Happy Memorial Day, She Did It Her Way listeners. That's assuming if you guys are listening to it today, but even if it's after Monday, still um, happy belated Memorial Day. I hope you guys are enjoying the three-day weekend and you're doing exactly what it is that you want to do and not what you feel like you, quote-unquote, should do. Um, But today, we're still trucking along. We've got an amazing podcast interview for you guys. We've got Tanya Dalton, who is the founder of Inkwell press. And her story is one of my favorites because it talks about how you put yourself in a position to start and launch your own business, especially one that fulfills you. Because taking that leap and making that decision and moving away from something that you've done that is a comfort zone for you is not easy. It's easier said than done. And I think at the surface level, um, when we see people make that transition, People make it look easy, but when people make it look easy, it's because they've done a lot of prep work. And so Tanya talks about how her and her husband set themselves up to go six months without zero income. And she talks about the journey and the marketing and getting really clear on her company and the vision and the problem that their products or product at the time would solve. And so when they launched, they had 500 pre-orders for their planner, which is pretty amazing. So we walk through that story. We talk about know how starting a business can help you gain control of your life and priorities. She also has um, product um, Productivity Paradox podcast as well, where she talks all about being productive and gives tips and everything. And another exciting part about today's episode is that we are doing first ever giveaway on the She Did It Her Way podcast, which I'm super stoked about. We are giving away one of Inkwell Press's July 2017 to July 2018 mid-year Live Well Planner on the podcast. It is the ultimate combination of style, function, and design for any woman. And this planner includes the luxurious paper, finest quality, color printing available. Also, there's horizontal layout that's designed to empower you to live a more rewarding, organized life. So it's pretty stylish. All you need to do is just sign up on our email list so that you guys are constantly updated um, all about what's going on with the podcast. So you guys get all the blog posts sent directly to your inbox and weekly roundups. Um, We don't spam. And if you're already on the email list, no worries, then you're automatically entered. So make sure you sign up anytime this week from today all the way up until Friday, June 2nd, can't believe I'm saying that, June 2nd to 11.59 p.m. We will be drawing and announcing the winner on Saturday, June 3rd. So you can head on over to shedidherwaypodcast.com and sign up uh, for a newsletter right there. Otherwise, it'll be included in the show notes for today's episode. But I hope you guys have an amazing weekend and we'll see you back here on Thursday. Mm -hmm. 
Yay! Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. And we certainly have a female entrepreneur on the podcast, Tanya Dalton, who did it her way. And she is the founder of Inkwell Press. And I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to kick it right back to you. Tell us a little bit about what is it that you're, what's your company? What do you guys do? And then let's talk about your journey and then we'll just dive in from there. That sounds great. Well, to start you off, Inkwell Press is a company that is centered around my mission of helping women feel organized and through that organization feeling empowered and successful Mm. because I feel like women really struggle with that. So I really wanted to design a company that had that at its core. So we design weekly planners, we design fitness planners, meal planners, organizational notepads, all different kinds of products that are truly designed to get you organized. And then a big component of what we do is actually not just the products, but the education that comes along with it. So when you get a planner, it comes with setup videos. We walk through, you know, finding your priorities. It's not just about using a planner. It's really about finding the systems that work the best for your life. So that's a really big part of what we do. That's incredible. I I know when I was on the website, I was thinking, I'm like, not a lot of planners have videos out there that tell you here's the thought thought process behind actually organizing and streamlining the things that you do in your life in which I'm excited for you guys to come when you guys launch the one that starts in July from the academic year mm-hmm. I think it is because yes. I have one that's coming up and it's ending at the end of June and I'm like okay well I want to I'm gonna buy this one so oh, perfect yeah I'm excited for that and um totally true I was having a conversation with my girlfriend last night because we were talking about different events and then wearing different hats and getting married and she's like I feel like I have all these tabs in my brain open right now <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a great way to put it it's yes, so true there's like a tab open for everything well okay <laughs> so then tell us what that because I know you, you you used to be a teacher you were in education business consulting mm-hmm. walk us through the, that whole like high level journey and then what inspired you to design and build your first planner Okay, I'll try to give you a shortened version because that could be a really <laughs> long answer, to be honest. With you, you just tell it how it comes to you and we'll just go with it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, so as you mentioned, I used to be a teacher. And then when I had my kids, I decided I was going to stop teaching. I loved what I did with teaching and I loved working with people and just that light bulb moment where like you see the kids get it, like that fueled me. And I just love that. But when I had my kids, I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be a stay at home mom, maybe I'll do something on the side. So I started a little side business. And my husband was traveling around the world, he was doing um, marketing for these big fortune 500 companies, FedEx, uh, you know, Brinker, which owns Chili's and things like that. How fun. So he would leave. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun position. But he had to travel for these three and a half, four week, you know, mm. long trips where he would literally leave. Dallas flying, you know, flying east, and he would come all the way back around the world flying from the west. Oh so, my gosh! Which it was I kind of crazy time. Yeah, most people are like it's so glamorous, and there's a lot of really. I mean, it's a blast, yeah. but I can definitely share the sentiments of traveling wears on a person. Yes. Well, he tells me he knows what every hotel looks like around the. <laughs> you know, that's all he ever saw. So. So yeah, so he was doing that and I thought I would just do this side business to keep me occupied and and, and excited. So I started, a it was a jewelry business 
And um, one time I was talking to him when he was on the other side of the world. I think he was in Australia at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my kids were outside playing. And we had this routine where we would talk in the morning and in the evening. So when one of us was getting up and one of us was going to bed, we, we would touch base. Too funny. So, um, so it was my evening. And so we got on the phone. I started talking. And he was really, really quiet because I was telling him all the things the kids were doing. And he got so quiet, it kind of frightened me. But I said, is everything okay? And he said, I'm missing everything. Oh. And it, about that's exactly like oh what Oh my said. gosh, like the I'm wind, you're just like right? FOMO. But I mean, this yeah. is even way, that's beyond mm-hmm. FOMO. It's your family. It's the, it's the life. Exactly. exactly. And I love that that is what my husband really loves is he loves being there with my kids and with me. So, um, you know, I tried to put his mind at ease, but he really was just like, I'm missing, this is when our kids were really little, I'm missing their first steps, I'm missing mm-hmm. what they're doing. And um, I remember hanging up the phone with him and standing in my kitchen, and that was the moment my life changed, because I made the decision right there that I was going to build a company that my husband could quit working in corporate America and come and work with me. So here I have this little tiny it. small business, and I make this bold decision in my kitchen and um, I sat down and I started making a business plan and I created strategies and I just worked for like, you know, a full, that whole night I worked on that. And within a year, my husband was no longer working in corporate America and was working at the company that I had started. <sighs> so uh, we made it happen and it took a lot of productivity and a lot of, you know, streamlining systems because it was just the two of us. So we, um, we were really happy working together and we loved that. But, and I was doing a lot of small business consulting and helping these other women grow their businesses. And I loved all those things. But a couple of years ago, I just was not feeling passionate. I felt like I loved what I was doing with my husband. And I loved that we were creating something, but I didn't love what it was we were doing. And we were, we were working on jewelry and um, it just didn't fulfill me the way that I wanted it to. So it was kind of scary. (laughs) Do you mind if we pause there? Because I was writing a question down and I'm like, I'm just going to ask her. Um, for that moment when you realized that what you were doing was no longer giving you passion and like you said that it was a scary moment, mm-hmm. what were some of the things like what can you recommend to people if they find themselves – because I mean it's one of those things – I don't know if you you experienced it but when you have this transition and something that you've done for a really long time and then you're pivoting if you will – it's like scary and the identity and what you've done. I mean, talk to us about that as well. It's beyond scary to be honest with you. And for us, you know, we have two kids and a dog and a mortgage and a car payment. And that was how we paid our bills. That's how we paid for our lives to look at him and say, this is not what I want to do was, Mm -hmm. it was scary. Um, And he looked at me and he said, I'm, I'm not feeling fulfilled by this either. What are we going to do? So it was really at that moment about what can we do? So we sat down and I think this is what you have to do is if you're not feeling passionate about what you're doing, you sit down and you start figuring out what it is that you are passionate about. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I did. I sat down and I went through a series of exercises of figuring out what were the things that really fulfilled me? What were the things that I felt excited about? So we sat down and we would meet and it was like, I gave myself these assignments where I just had to, and sometimes it wasn't easy to sit down and and really think about like, what are the things I want to do? I did all different kinds of activities. I did brain dump activities. I did mind mapping. I um, sat down, I did a couple of exercises to figure out what my personal mission statement was. And um, once I figured that out, I figured out that my passions were really, I loved teaching. 
But that teaching heart in me had never gone away. I loved mm. that. I loved organizing. And I loved um, empowering these other business owners and these other women into figuring out what they wanted to do. So then I, you have to look at that and say, what am I going <laughs> What do these yeah. things don't seem related at all, right? What are you so like then, cooking up in the kitchen there? Yeah. Like, what, what, are, what are you baking? <laughs> no idea at that point. So it was a matter of figuring out like, how can I connect these things? So then I would sit down and look at these passions and I would create these little like lines to connect them. Like these are connected this way. And I would just figure out like how they were each connected. And once I had them figured out, like I mapped out each one and did, I did a mind map for each one of those areas. I started to see that there was a connection between empowering women and empowering other people and organization through productivity. Mm. So I was like, okay, so those are connected. So then how do I bring in the teaching? So then as, as I just mentioned a little bit ago, it was, you know what, what if we're not just a, what if we're not a planner company? What if we're really about productivity and what if we have a whole education component to it? So we're almost a service company that happens to have a product. So it's kind of connecting those dots in your life to see what are the things that are really going to make you feel fulfilled all the way around, right? Mm -hmm. But then that's not enough because then you have to figure out <laughs> what am I going to do now? Now I know what this maybe looks like, but I'm paying my bills through this right. other job. So uh, what we did is we sat down and, and we realized, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to, you know, start this company and we want to, you know, we won't even get to how long it took us to name the company. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Just, well, you know, now you right? have to share that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am married to a man who has his MBA in marketing. So you can imagine pages and pages and pages <sighs> of just names and kind of that same process. Oh my gosh. Brain dump, mind yeah. mapping. It's the sources. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Yeah, that's a whole several, several week process in itself. So um, that actually is something he's very passionate about. So I let him take control of that <laughs> part oh of it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, so then we sat down and we were like, okay, now, now how do we get there, right? It's not enough to know what you want to do. You have to figure out what is my action plan to get there. And this is where I'm lucky in that productivity is one of those things that I just have naturally liked to do for a long time. I basically set a large goal for myself that we were going to launch, you know, in November of that following year. So we did this, I guess it was, we started doing it like in January and we decided, okay. January we're gonna of 2000. 2014, I guess. Okay. It was. Yes. I have a hard time with years because I do make planners. So I'm always <laughs> on like multiple years at the same time. You're like, so I'm in 2017, but we're looking right. at 2018. What was last year? <laughs> Yeah, and we start thinking about 2019 stuff. So yeah, it's a whole whole issue that we have. But um, anyway, so we sat down. And we're like, okay, how are we gonna how are we gonna get there? So we created a whole action plan and a map, and that's part of what I do whenever I do my goal setting. Is I create a roadmap essentially of where it is I want to go and what are the many milestones I need to hit in order to get there to that mm. end destination. What happens if you don't know where you want to go? Well, I think that's part of what figuring out where you want to go is what you do when you're figuring out, like when I was figuring out what my life's purpose was and we came yeah. up with the idea of Inkwell Press. I knew I wanted to launch that. Um, and I think that's when you're figuring out your end, that's where you start. You start with your foundation, your basis of who you are. Because when I decided what my personal mission statement was, I built on that to create the mission behind Inkwell Press. So before I even started creating products for my business, I already knew what the mission was for it. Mm. I already knew that it needed to be tied to something that made me feel fulfilled. 
and that I would feel passionate about. Um, and so that's how I figured out what my end destination was. So at that point, I mean, saying end destination, it's never really the end, right? Sure. Um, it was really just, okay, I need to launch this Inkwell Press Company by November. How am I going to do it? <laughs> how am I going to do it, right? I have zero graphic design experience. I've never been trained in graphic design. I have, you know, I'm a teacher. So right. what are we going to do? So we sat down and we're like, okay, what are our big hurdles? So I wrote down, what are the things that we don't know how to do? And we wrote those out and we created a timeline of when we were going to get each one accomplished. And we set these mini goals, these mini deadlines for ourselves. And I like to look at things like this, like as a, as a race. So I'm a terrible, terrible runner. Like I'm <sighs> awful. I love the idea of it, but I cannot do it. But if I go out and I decide I want to run, I can't say I'm going to run five miles. I can only say I'm going to run to the end of the block. And then mm. when I get to the end of the block, I can say, okay, I'm going to run to that fire hydrant. Then I'm going to run to the green car. And that, so that's what you're doing there when you're looking at your end goal. You're creating these little mini milestones because once you get to that little milestone, when I get to the end of my block, I go, you know what? I can keep going. Push. Keep going. Right? I use it as my mm. momentum and my springboard. So I push forward and then you get to the green car and you're like, okay, I can make it to the stop sign. And you keep pushing yourself until you run the five miles, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with goal setting. And it's the same thing with this. My end goal was to create a company. I knew I had a company that I needed to shut down. So I had to create a timeline for when that was closing down and I needed to save money. So we had to figure out where are we going to streamline our finances? What are we going to stop doing? No more eating out, no more going to movies, you know, no more after school activities for the kids, that kind of thing. And really just like that was our first mini milestone. How are we going to have the money to do this? Mm -hmm. Because we had to live for at least probably six months without an income for two, you know, two people and their That's two it. kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was mini goal number one. How are we going to streamline? Where can we save our money? over the next couple of months so that we can make this happen. Now, did you notice a big shift uh, when you're paring down the activities to say, okay, we're going to save this money so that we can go six months without necessarily having an income? Like, was, was there anything surprising about that experience? Um, I have to say, to be honest with you, we've always pretty much lived, like even when we had two incomes, we always lived off of one just because um, when we first were engaged, we decided we were going to live off just my income so my husband could pay his uh, his school uh, loans and all of that. Sure. And then when we had both of our jobs, we lived off of just one income. So that really helped us because then he quit his job to go get his MBA. <laughs> so <laughs> one income there off teacher salary. So we kind of got ourselves in that mindset of we don't live off of all the money we have. We live off of, you know, what we think we want to save and we work backwards. Yeah. Um, so we're we're always saving money and I never, if I'm making $20, I'm never spending $20. I'm always spending like 10, 15 at the most. Super so I kind of have a, a saving mentality anyways, but, um, really too, because I knew what we were doing was chasing my big dream and chasing my purpose in life. It was so much easier because whenever I thought, you know what, it'd be so nice to go get sushi. I thought to myself, you know, it's going to be so nice doing what I really want to do. Mm. And yeah, that there's really, have that why behind it. It's so much easier to give up things when you know why you're doing it. Oh, for sure. Or like the uh, oh my gosh, there's so many things um, 
like even simple as, I don't know, staying in Friday night and not going out and socializing because you want to work out in the morning. A weird one, I know. But like Saturday oh. mornings are amazing. I love waking up and going to like workout class and then walking to the coffee shop. And you don't get that if you go out on Friday night and you don't feel well when you wake up. And so it's that reminder yeah. of like, why am I doing, why am I choosing to forego or do this in the moment so that I can have a longer, like I can have something in the future. I really think when you know what it is you're wanting and you're excited about it, it makes it so much easier to give up things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's easier to run to the end of the block when you know that you're going to feel really good after you run those five miles, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's one thing to say, like, I never get done with a workout and like hate it. I'm always like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I mean, sometimes right? I like want to crawl on the floor and like <laughs> pass out. And my fiance is like, it was a really hard one today. And I'm like laying on the ground. I'm like, yes, it was really hard. That's and that's so glad you went. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, got that done. Accomplished thing today. So yeah. It, it really does make a difference. And and cutting back on those things is it's so much easier when you see that end goal in mind, you know, my end goal was to, to do the thing that I really was passionate about and really what I felt was my purpose. Yeah. So, so in cutting things out, it became really that I was, I like to say, every time you say yes, you're saying no to something else. Oh, so yes. I knew my yes, my yes was starting this business. So my no's were so much easier. No, no sushi. No, no movies out. No, no special, you know, treats. It's just really like, yes, 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 I want to start this business. Mm-hmm. So when you yeah. started it, okay, so you made the list, like you didn't know how graphic design and you decided within a year you're going to launch it. Um, yeah, and I, and I decided I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how does one go from taking an idea in their head and then building a physical product in a way that is interactive but all piecing together like – a woman's life, especially with the open tabs. Like, what was that process like? Well, it was really, again, sitting down and putting pen to paper. Obviously, I'm a big advocate of pen to paper um, because I know what a difference it makes. And again, it is all about having that map. I feel, personally, I feel so much more secure when I know what it is I'm wanting to do and where it is I want to go. I feel I feel much better when I have this map laid out in front of me. So um, with that, I sat down and I was like, okay, I don't know how to get product manufactured. I don't know how to do graphic design. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do, and I wrote down all the things I don't know how to do. And then I prioritized them. What was the first thing I needed to do? Well, the first thing I needed to do was figure out how to take these ideas from my head and put them on a computer, Mm -hmm. right? Because it didn't matter if I didn't, if I didn't have that done, I'm not going to have anything to print. So I sat down and it was like, okay, how am I going to figure out how to use these programs? Well, you look online and you find courses like, you know, Mm -hmm. lynda.com, which is what we did. And and what we did is we committed. So we still have our business at this point, right? Our other business that we're wanting to get out of. So that's still running in the, in the background. Yeah. And um, we were like, okay, we are going to commit to watching these Lynda programs and working on learning these programs for an hour a day. And that's generally what I do whenever I have a new process or I have something new that I need to learn how to do. I call it putting myself in jail because (laughs) I don't really want to do it in the moment. But I'm like, nope, I'm putting myself in jail. I have to do this. I don't have a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So I put myself in jail and I'm like, okay, I'm spending an hour learning these programs. So that's what we did. I put myself in jail for three weeks in a row of learning the program and doing a Linda program and then just exploring on the program every other day for three weeks straight. 
And that really made a huge difference. It's amazing how far you can go when you just commit on a regular basis to do something. And again, the Linda programs are, I mean, they're, some of them are pretty dry. Right? They're hard to stay uh-huh. awake But I knew my why. I knew what I wanted to do. So I was able to really make that a focus for my day. I knew I was going to spend an hour. It was not something that was negotiable. It wasn't something that I was going to say, oh, I don't really have time for today because I knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was me just sitting down and then each of these little issues, I set them on my timeline. So these became mini milestones for me to try to accomplish and to try to learn how to do them. And so I tackle one and then I get comfortable with that. And then I tackle the next one. I don't try to tackle it all at the same time because that's really when overwhelm starts to set in. Mm-hmm. Um, and overwhelm is not necessarily having too much to do. It's not really knowing where to start. So if I'm focusing on one thing at a time, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm working just on learning the program. Then once I have the program, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to figure out manufacturing. Then I'm ready to start figuring out how I'm going to, you know, do this next thing and moving forward from there. So it's really tackling them and making them into bite-sized pieces, right? It's Mm -hmm. that same, that little saying where it's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How should you eat a a, a pie? One slice at a time, not the whole thing at once. So sometimes the whole thing at once sounds pretty good, I'll be oh, honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. That is, it's so true. Like the paralysis by analysis, if you have like too many options or you're looking at too many things, you shut down and you can't focus on the things that you need to get done and then you lose sight of where you need to go next. Yes, that's exactly right. So if you're really focusing in just on one thing, you're becoming more of an expert in that one area and you're really able to, it's that same issue that people have where they think multitasking is faster Mm. when really it's taking you, you know, 150% longer to actually do those activities than if you did them each individually on their own. Um, It feels faster because you're doing multiple things, but you're not really giving your full focus. No, and it can be costly too I tried booking I've booked airplane flights while I've been on a call and then later on found out that I booked for the wrong day and then had to pay $300 to get it changed and I was like yeah I need to not try to do multiple things at once especially (laughs) when it comes to booking flights yes that that's a good tip because that that is costly you're right and it does it costs us it costs us time and it really costs us a lot of our focus Mm-hmm. And that sometimes can cost us the bigger thing, which is the end goal, because we feel so overwhelmed or so exhausted from trying to take on so much that we never end up eventually chasing that goal down, mm-hmm. you know, or that dream. So I really think it is honing in on the, the important things, taking care of those, and then moving to the next task instead of looking at it as one big project taking it and really looking at it bit by bit. Yeah. And how did you guys know then when you guys, when you launched the company, what was, I mean, what was the marketing strategy? How did you know who you're targeting? And then how did you guys get your product out there? That's a good question because, uh, you know, we started with a list of zero people on Mm -hmm. our list. So we backed up our launch date in November and we decided when we needed to start, you know, building our list up and really advertising and getting the word out about it. So we backed up our launch about 90 days and we created some lead magnets. If you're familiar with lead magnets where you give like free downloads in exchange for email addresses and then you start nurturing those email lists. So we started doing that uh, and building up that list and getting people excited about it, showing little teasers of what the planner was going to look like. 
um, offering these different downloads that fit into uh, productivity or becoming more organized and those types of things and really figuring out who I thought my ideal client was. So building out that avatar and really understanding who this person is that's going to want to buy this planner. So we sat back and we created a full marketing strategy with Facebook ads and um, these lead magnets. And then we just started doing emailing and using that email list as it was building and building and building. And um, to be honest with you, we on our launch day, so we started with a list of zero people 90 days out. And then by the time that we launched on our launch day, we had 500 orders. Oh my day. gosh. So yeah, it was, that was the day where we were like, okay, I guess we're not going to have to <laughs> live in our car. Like we're going to be okay. Uh, so again, that launch strategy is that same thing, looking at that big goal, breaking it down and figuring out how we want to get there. Amazing. So, uh, yeah. So what, like, one of our issues was we didn't know how to make Facebook ads, but we knew we needed to advertise on Facebook. What do we need to do? All right. We're going to take a course on Facebook ads and figure out how we're going to do that. So it's little bit by little bit chipping away, chipping away to get to that goal. Mm. And then once you get there, you're like, okay, I can keep going because I've made it this far. I'm going to keep moving forward. So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was part of what we did. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. So now you guys, when you guys launched the company and now you're two, almost three, you're past three years at this point. No, we're, no. Uh, we just had two years in November, so almost two and a half years. Okay. What's mm -hmm. been the biggest change for you as a business owner? Oh, or what have you noticed question. in your business? Has your like target market changed? Have you had a shift somewhere? That's a great question because I really feel like when I first started thinking about Inkwell Press, I thought about it in terms of organization, and I felt like organization was one of the big things I really needed to hone in on and focus for uh, these customers. But what I found truly is that people who are organized are not necessarily productive. And by that, I mean, we all know the people who have, you know, color-coded folders and they have, you know, everything goes in a very particular place. And a lot of these people sometimes use organization as a procrastination technique. So it doesn't Ooh. necessarily convey into being productive. But if they are productive and they focus on being productive first, organization naturally follows. So when I focus in on productivity and I try to get people to focus in on that as their primary goal, the organization falls into place on its own. So it doesn't work the opposite. Like if you start with organization, it doesn't mean productive. So it really has created this huge shift in how I talk to people and what I really am promoting, not just for the business, but for helping empower people so that they feel successful. It's not about being organized. It's about having a productive life. And productivity to me is not about doing more things faster. It's really about having a life that you love and really focusing in on your priorities and getting those things done. What's something that you personally experienced or implemented yourself that's made you more productive as a business owner? Great question. To be honest with you, doing my nightly, I do what I call a daily download. And I started doing this. Uh, I guess like a year and a half ago where I would sit down at night and I would write down the things that I accomplished was the first thing I wrote out. And I did that because I felt like I would end my days and I would think, what did I get done today? 
And I would say to my husband, like, I didn't get that much done today. And he'd say, yeah, you did. You did this. You did that. You did this. <laughs> and then I'd say, oh, I, I guess I got more done than I thought. So I decided I wanted to sit down and write down those things I actually got done. Because when I do that, I generally feel more successful. So I do that. And then I write down how I'm feeling about my stress level. Did I put too much on my plate? I write down a couple of things I'm grateful for. And then I plan out what I want to do for the next day. I don't plan out like exactly what I want to do, but I hit my high points. Tomorrow I want to focus in on, you know, the new designs for next year or tomorrow I want to do this. And that helps me at night be able to sleep a little bit more restful. I, I leave work and I'm not thinking about work because I've already gotten a little bit of that brain dump out there. So I'm able to really go home and I'm able to focus in on my personal life. Do you have, so doing that has is helped. That, is that in a planner? I actually have a notepad because I loved it so much and I felt like it made such a huge difference to me. I truly think that is the key to productivity. I actually have a notepad that uh, that I created oh. so that people could do that for themselves. And okay, I have a download too it. that kind of walks through that process. Uh, if you go to my, uh, my podcast page, it'll pop up as a free download, um, which is at inkwellpress.com slash podcast. I have a quick little five minutes to peak productivity uh, download, and it walks you through how I do that process for myself each night. To me, that is the single thing that I have done in my life that has like tripled my productivity because I come in the next morning, I have that list waiting for me before I do my morning planning, and I know where I want to go for the next day. I, I feel, love it. I feel accomplished because I look at all the things I did from the day before. I, I look at my gratitude, so I feel grateful in the morning, and then I look at what I want to get done for this day, and then I write out my planning for the day, for that day. Mm. It makes a huge difference. It really does. I love it. Okay, so Thank then um, what has been a, um, like your favorite fail story? Something that you, quote unquote, like failed at, but has taught you a lot from that experience? There's a lot. I'll be, I'll be honest. Share away. <laughs> I really feel like, and I talk about this a lot, I feel like failing is honestly the best way to learn. Uh, I, I think that when everything is sunshine and lollipops, you're not, really, you're not really growing. It's through the hard stuff. That's where you grow in your marriage, in your personal life, and in your business life. It's those things that were really kind of painful that you don't really like in the moment, but looking back at have you know, made the biggest difference. I think so. There's been lots of different <laughs> different <laughs> fails for me, but um, we had a, a shipment of of planners that arrived um, a while back, and there was an issue with the covers. And I felt like I had committed to having these done, you know, launching on a certain date, and I was not happy with how they had turned out at all. And um, it was really stressful. And I had to talk to the printer about, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, "Oh, you need to print these again," because our books take months to make because there's mm. lots of coatings and dyes and you know lots of printing that goes on with them um so we had to work to take books apart reassemble some of these books and do some of that and i was working these ridiculous hours where i was working you know seven days a week 12 hour days for like three months straight oh, man. and my personal you know life harmony was completely out of balance my kids were spending way too much time <laughs> here at the studio um, I like to have them here to help me out and to, to feel like they're part of the business. But at the same time, it was way too much time. And I felt like 
that was a that was a moment where I looked back at myself and I said, okay, I had all the systems in place. They were a well oiled machine, but I didn't. I wasn't really focused on my productivity as I should have been. And to be honest with you, that was kind of what created the shift in my thinking. It wasn't just about being organized. It was about being productive. So I felt like that was a lesson that I learned personally that really shifted everything for me in my whole way of thinking. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't a fun time in my life, but I look back at it and I think, okay, I survived it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing. And then, you know, I grew so much from that. I really feel like my whole attitude towards what I was doing completely shifted. And I think better because now I'm much happier with how I, how I do my productivity. And that's really when I started coming up with that idea of, you know, the daily download and, and doing that each night and making that a part of my own habits and routine. Mm-hmm. I know I'm looking at the daily download notepad right now and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited cause I'm going to, I'm totally ordering this. Um, Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you like it because I really do think it makes such a huge difference. Yeah, and I I use the five minute journal, and the five minute journal is great too. Mm-hmm. I think there's what you have here is also one step, one step further to like really digest and even guide it into a deeper deeper level of that. So I'm excited to try that. Um, what what has been the best business purchase, like under hundred dollars, that you've made for your business or, or life as well? Oh, that's such a good question. Should I say my planner? Wait, yeah, <laughs> that's under hundred bucks. Um, I don't know. Let me think. Um, honestly, Asana has been one of those big life-changing things for my business right now, and we use the free version, so that's less than a hundred bucks. Um, but that has really allowed me to work with uh, my 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 people, my team, even people who work remotely. I think that has really changed the way that we have communicated and that we have worked together when we're working on projects because we are eliminating a lot of the emails. I feel like email is one of those things that we think is supposed to make our lives easier. No. And it doesn't. <laughs> it really inundates us and it it's, it kind of is the monster that takes over our day. Uh, so I'm pretty adamant about not checking my email regularly. So having things in Asana, I know that I'm really focused in on work because I'm working on work tasks and my team is able to communicate and do all of that within that program. So I, I really like using that, especially when I have uh, remote team members. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I swear by Asana. I'm right there with you. Going back to the planners and the things that you've you've offered, how did you determine when it was the right time to expand into other planners outside of the like legacy one, if you will, that you started Mm -hmm. with? Was it because you used it and it was a great idea or was it, how did you know? That's a good question because I think, I think it's, you know, one of those things where you don't really know, you have to just go by your, your gut feeling, but I'm an advocate on constraints. And I look at people like Steve Jobs, who I think is the master of constraints, Mm. in that Steve Jobs started Apple and he had one product for three years. One product. He could have expanded and gone overboard, and um, he didn't. He was like, I really want to focus in and I want to make this product the best I possibly can. And once he felt like he was there, then he expanded. So that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to really focus in on our flagship planner, which is our our Livewell planner, And I wanted to make sure that I had that running the way that I wanted it to run and that I had all the systems in place and that the education portion of it was really in there and was was working well. And then I like to look at what my customers are doing. So I'm really good about 
going in and checking hashtags when they're tagging me or um, looking at how other people are using using planners. And sometimes I get my best ideas off of looking at what they are doing. I'm like, oh, you know, what? I never thought about this. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for someone who works every other day, this is a great system. So then I try to like implement those things in. So I look around and I pay attention to how people are utilizing my tools that I created. Um, and then I decide whether I want to expand. But anytime that we offer a new product, it has to fit my, what I call my mission test. And that is that if it does not fulfill my personal mission behind the business, then it doesn't get made. Even Mm. if it's something that I'm really excited about or I think is going to be a lot of fun or, oh, this would be a great product. If it doesn't really fulfill that mission of helping people feel organized and feeling empowered and successful, um, I'm I'm not going to do it. So it really is a matter of kind of cutting through the clutter and focusing in really on that why, that basis of what it is I'm wanting to do. Because when we start trying to add too many things too soon or, you know, too many things that are not related, we kind of lose our messaging. And I always want that message of, of uh, productivity to be the strongest message that I have. Mm-hmm. What, what does a typical day look like for you or how do you structure it? Are there certain barriers that you put in place, mm-hmm. types of like how does productivity come into play every day for you? That's a good question. So, you know, a lot of times I don't necessarily always get up uh, really early when I have a lot of things going on. I just seem to naturally get up early. I'm not a morning person, but uh, when I have a lot going on, I like to get up really early, (laughs) like four o'clock in the morning, because that's one of my peak productivity times. I don't do that all the time. um, But when I feel like I need to, I do, because that is a time that works really well for me. The house is quiet. The kids are in bed. (laughs) Um, I'm able to get a lot of things done. But usually what I do is I get up, I do a series of, I do about 10 minutes of exercise in the morning just to get myself going. I have a little bit of a, of a morning routine that I, that I work through um, with some meditation and exercise and things like that. And then when I come into the studio, so I, I do my whole mom thing in the morning, getting kids ready for school and all of that. When I come into the office, without question, everyone knows the first thing I do is I do 10 minutes of planning. And that is my 10 minutes to really focus in on what I want to get done for that day. So I look at the daily download that I've done for the night before, and I use that to really block out my time. And I create my time blocks for the day. And I do that each day because I want my days to be achievable. Some days I feel like I can accomplish everything. And some days I feel like this is going to be a rough day. (laughs) I'm already really tired. So I plan my day that morning so that I'm able to achieve what I need to get, get done and I'm able to focus in. So then I usually start with that. I always start with that 10 minutes of planning and then I get to work. And then after that, I check email. So I don't check email right away. I'm really adamant about not checking email first thing in the morning because I feel like that tends to derail my plans for the day. And I want my plans for the day to be about my priorities, not someone else's. Mm. So, um, so I do that. And then usually I'm at the studio until two o'clock or if Kate has something late at school till three, but I leave work so I can meet her bus. So that's one of those things where when I was working all the time, I knew I needed to change. So now I make sure the majority of the days I'm leaving right around either two or three, depending on what she has after school so I can meet her from the bus. And then I go into mom mode, homework mode and doing all those things. And then in the late afternoon, I go back into work mode. Mm. Then I do dinner and I do my daily download at the end of the day. So my, my day generally in the evening is surrounded and centered with my family. 
And then I do a little bit of work after that. But that, that afternoon, I really try to be as focused as possible on my children and my husband because I feel like those are my priority. Those, those people in my life are my priority, and I have to treat them like they are. So mm-hmm. that was you, part of that mind shift, right, that happens. Yeah. I mean, how do you fit in um, – how does, like, social media play a role in your life? Do you have – times of blocks when you are allowing yourself to do social media? Do you turn it off when you're at home? Any sort of thing from that nature? Good question, because I think social media is one of those things too that likes to take over your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in the mornings when we're driving carpool, generally my husband is doing the driving. So I do a check-in on social media then. Um, But people who follow me, I think they pretty much know that I'll go in there and I post things because I have things already on my list of what I want to post. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily responding at those times. I have different set times throughout my week where I will go in and I will check the last five or six posts and I will respond to people on there at those times. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll go in and I'll check hashtags. I have different set times for those. I have those blocked into my day so that they don't become, you know, too big. They don't take up an hour of my time. I give them, let's say, 15 minutes here and then 15 minutes on this day and that kind of thing. So they have their own containers so that I don't go down that rabbit hole of, of wanting to do more with social media. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like the... Because it can't, I mean, it can be a full-time suck, right? Like all of a sudden you look and you're like, oh, it's just been an hour on oh, Facebook. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Well, and le- I've gotten into Pinterest lately because mm-hmm. I've found this creative thing inside of me where I'm like, oh, I really want to update our studio that we like, my fiance and I live in a studio. And I'm like, oh, I want to get a white dresser there. Like we should really update some of these pieces. So then I'm on Pinterest and I'm like, I've never spent this much time on Pinterest, but <laughs> I digress. Anyway, a um, couple last questions before we wrap up. Uh, one of them is, what is the, if you could wave a magic wand, what would be the one thing that you would outsource at this point? right now? That's a really good question. Because to be honest with you, outsourcing outsourcing has been one of those things that has been a little bit harder for me to do because um, it requires letting go of some of that control, <laughs> right? That's yeah. one of our, our issues that many of us have. And recently, I've started outsourcing a little bit more and letting other people take control. Um, I think if, if I could have someone, if I could outsource, honestly, my personal like tasks, running to do the dry cleaning or running to the you know grocery store and those type of things, I would happily outsource that. Yes. Yeah. No, I preach. Yes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Um, and then if I give you, if I were to give you a hundred dollars right now, how would you spend it? <sighs> Actually, I probably would just go buy my daughter a bunch of clothes because I just think it's so fun to shop for. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was buying something for me, I would, I think I would go book myself a massage because I, Love to get massages. I would feel guilt-free about it because it was 100 bucks I didn't have before. Um, I think it's nice to pamper yourself from time to time. It's a good time to relax. I find that sometimes when I'm fully relaxed, I'm able to really, you know, let go of everything else. And I sometimes actually get really good ideas when, oh, I, when yeah. I'm like, in a relaxed state. So, yeah, I would go get a massage. Energy's flowing. Like, it's mm-hmm. clear. I'm totally with you. Right? Well, yeah. Tanya, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, share with our listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me, first of all, at inkwellpress.com. And I have a podcast, uh, yes. which is called Productivity Paradox, where we work through a lot of those things that we talked about 
you know, finding your mission statement, uh, creating prioritized lists and all kinds of things like that. You can find that at inkwellpress.com slash podcast. And as you mentioned, I'm on social media using the username Inkwell Press. Yes. Awesome. And we'll be sure to link to all of that information in our show notes. But again, thank you, Tanya. I really, really appreciate it. Well, I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.